Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. <laughs> you did it so grandpa. smoothly until you got to your name, and it was like, oh shit, Em. <laughs> that's Usually I one. fucked it up before now. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. This week on Shelf Aware, we are in the middle of sort of a grab bag unit. We've gotten a lot of one-off submissions from listeners, which we're very thankful for, but we couldn't really figure out our... Uh, We couldn't really figure out entire units to base the books around or just like we didn't have enough information or we already did something a little bit similar. So we thought, hey, here's our unit. It's the everything unit. Um. We are reading this week a book submitted a, a book submitted to us from um, Sam, The Sisters Grimm by Mena von Prague, mm-hmm. which is a fairy tale retelling question mark. <laughs> okay. Is it? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, I, I... <laughs> it's not. It's not though. It, it's the it's, thing. Yeah. It's not. It's like fairy tale. It's like it's like if you sprinkled a fairy tale around this book. Here's what it <laughs> is. Like- and this is such a niche reference that probably no one is going to I mean, I'm going to explain it, but no, there, if you get the reference, okay. you're a super cool person and you get well, to Well, the have problem that is it's such it's such a niche reference. Even I can't remember the name of this book series. Hilarious. But <laughs> there was this book series uh-huh. that I owned exactly one of mm-hmm. because I believe they were exclusively sold in Disney parks. Oh, I definitely didn't read them then. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. I Probably when I was like 10 or so, mm-hmm. uh, we went to Disney World and I bought a book as a <laughs> souvenir because that was the type of child mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. But the book series was like about a group of a friend group that was like the Disney princesses. Oh. Like they all were a Disney princess, but they weren't. Mm. They were like normal teenage no, girls. This was they Ralph were like, Breaks the Internet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got the reference, similar. guys. <laughs> <laughs> but like they each had like the personality of a Disney princess. Okay. But they didn't really. Yeah, because like, they what just is did the normal teen most Disney princesses? Yeah, and they just did normal teen thing okay. or like preteen things. And that was the book. And it was like that's what Which this one was where have? I was like Which princess did you have? Um I can't remember because they were all in oh, all of okay, the books. Okay. I just remember very specifically there was a part of it because they were visiting Animal Kingdom and wait, some I'm of sorry, the girls the Disney princess personalities uh-huh. hung out at the Disney parks. Okay. Yeah, they were like really <laughs> in really meta Disney. Like they were you like, already have us in the parks. You don't need to go this hard on selling it to us. I think it, it was like I can't remember if there was some magical aspect of it or mm-hmm. not, but I think it was like the girls each identified with a Disney princess. It's, so, it'd be cooler if they each identified with a Disney park. Yeah, that would. But anyway, they all went to Animal Kingdom and some of the girls were like, why are there birds here? Birds aren't animals. What? And yeah. And then the one girl who I believe was the Pocahontas girl was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What are they then? Minerals? the other girls were like, yeah, animals. You know, they have to be able to produce milk and they can't lay eggs. And she was like, that's mammals. Oh, my God. You fucking idiots. Oh, my God. And that's the only so, thing I remember from this. So book. they thought they were going to the Mammal Kingdom, like that Disney, yeah. like with Buckwild. Yeah. It said anything with like that swims, 
Anything with scales, like, it's out. Get it out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was this book because it was just like, here are four girls that kind of are loosely related to maybe a fairy tale. I don't know Liana's at at still to this point. I don't know. I'm still very, I assume it's Little Mermaid. (laughs) Water affinity. This book to me was like such a, such a nothing. I didn't, I didn't like hate it. I thought some of the writing was actually quite pretty. I didn't hate it, but I also did not care for it. So, like, mm. I just, I, I came out completely neutral about this book. Like, it could exist or it could not exist. I, it doesn't, I read it and I literally could forget about it tomorrow and it would never, like, never cross my mind again. This this was just such a, like, a, a nothing. I don't, <laughs> it sounds really mean, but, like, this whole experience was just really a net zero for me all the way through (laughs) i feel almost opposite of that Mm -hmm. where i'm like i feel like i have so many things to nitpick this book Mm, for good because there's no plot it's a character driven (laughs) novel (laughs) i don't know whether i like it or not at the end of the day because i'm like there was so much stuff that i'm like this is dumb why is this what is this why isn't this why did you say that the most important thing about the book (laughs) Uh huh. Why did you like counter the thing that you already said? I don't get uh-huh. it. What's happening? Uh-huh. Why is it happening? Who is this? Why are they here? I just felt that I. Why did the best sister get the worst ending? Yeah, I just felt that my head was con- had to constantly be on a swivel, and so I feel like hyper alert after reading this book. But I don't know if I liked it or not. Yeah, I there. I sense from the way I just talked about it, I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> it's hard to say um it's definitely i feel like this could have been marketed as any other just like here's a book about the fae like it didn't have Mm -hmm. to go the fairy tale route it didn't have to go like the grim like you know the brother's grim the sister's grim it didn't have to go that route at all it could have just been like here are four girls that have magic powers but guess what life isn't like fairy tales like they have they go through hard shit and it could have been about like them bonding as sisters but instead it was just like we got magic powers um none of us can really be like our existences are invalid unless men are involved um we kill (laughs) some guys and really it's anticlimactic at the end when we finally do that so like i also just felt like this was very um kind of hat on a hat in regard to the fairy tale thing where it was like I have a concept and here's the concept mm-hmm. and also and also <laughs> I have a lot also, of concepts <laughs> I have a lot of concepts and I'm like I don't know you need to trim it back so there's like not so many concepts because mm-hmm. there's just a lot going on but also nothing going on yes yes in a way that like I was oddly compelled to keep reading it it was a very fast read. It's like 450 pages or so, but mm-hmm. I found because of there's guys, you know, okay, you know how I feel about like POV changes and tense changes and everything in a book. This is like every page, but, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and every tense and every, tense. And every POV. Mm-hmm. Cause we literally had first, second and third POV in, like, the within like the first. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm like, happening? you need to, you need to pick one. <laughs> you need to pick one. Uh, yeah, and we and we never got to sit with anyone long enough because there are so many characters and mm-hmm. the way the book is written. I don't. It was it was there was a okay, lot of choices. But there, 
there are so many characters, but at the same time, no characters, yeah. right? Yeah. Because like each of the four girls has like some love interest going on. None of them have friends. Yes. None of the like I was I was halfway through this book I was like none of these girls know any other people. They don't people. exist out of this story at all. Like there's no yeah, which I get is kind of a weird thing to say about a book that somebody wrote, but like no, like outside of this particular story there is no hint of an existence. You know what I mean? Like there's right. no, yes, there's yes, no yes, yes. vibrancy to their lives. Yeah. I don't know. I almost asked you before we started recording to check that the like initial email that Sam sent us about mm. this again, just to see if we could pick up the vibe of like how he felt about it. Because that's the thing about like the submitted books. Yes. I always feel really bad if I feel like it's a book that the other person likes and I hate. Mm. This is I I don't believe he read this book. <laughs> he was okay. like I okay. I came across this book. You guys had talked about how you like fairy tale yeah. retellings here's one and it ha- kind of has like some controversial ratings on goodreads so i was like interesting okay, yeah, why not so what kind of on that vein is there anybody you would recommend this book to if you i think there is an audience for this book if you like a character study with like magical realism if you can separate mm-hmm. this in, in your mind and be like okay it's not a one-for-one fairy tale retelling this is there are hints of this being like it's an allusion to something certainly um but it's not going to be a complete one for one and it reads like magical realism for adults as opposed to a ya fantasy that it's marketed as these girls are not 17 years old i do not believe that for one second (laughs) there's a lot of things we're bringing up briefly here that i feel like i'm gonna we will talk about about. yes please trust yes Um, yeah, I agree. I think that I got magical realism vibes from this, which, you know, we've talked about before, like, can it be magical realism if it's not written by someone from the Latine community? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But like, this is those vibes. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I enjoyed it as much as some of the, the magical realism we've read mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. But if you know, that's kind of your jam. And if you're more into the feelings of a book rather than it necessarily like if if you're like i like hats on hats on hats Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. cool this is the book for you there's just a lot going on and i don't know that any of it is really fleshed out as much as it should be Mm -hmm. and it's like also too much it's like (laughs) yeah you mentioned this word and you said you weren't going to use it on the podcast but i will thank you please do it it is vibes. It's all vibes. It's just all vibes. So if you just want to vibe with a book for a while, this might be good. Yeah. Like if you could get down with the night circus, but not as heavy on the atmosphere as night circus was. Like I mm. think this this tries to emulate this like, oh, there's an otherworldly thing going on here sort of situation. Yes. But this is much more grounded in reality and the terrible things that happen to these girls, but how they are able to overcome them a little bit by the end (laughs) right i i believe we've used the term slow burn fantasy before Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's like yeah it's a fantasy but it takes a while to actually get to any of that stuff yes that's kind of the vibe here absolutely um okay well what else have you been reading in the meantime before we before we get into this book let's talk about some other ones i actually read a couple books that i really really like this week uh 
first off, I might have recommended it before, but Olivia Atwater, um, she does retold fairy tales, but like very loosely based on the fairy tales. But I just did uh, 10,000 Stitches, which is mm. loosely based on Cinderella. Okay. And it was really fun. It was a really cute book. I liked it a lot. Um, I also read... Uh, the Jasmine Throne by Tasha Suri oh, because that's kind list. of my yeah that's kind of my goal for this year. I feel like my number of books goal has been really high the last couple of years, and because of that, I've kind of a lot of the like high fantasy stuff that is kind of like used to be my bread and butter mm-hmm. has sort of gotten pushed aside because those are a bit They're longer. Dense. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of my goal this year is to read more high fantasy stuff, and I started that goal with the Jasmine Throne, and it was fantastic i, I loved it. Read it i own it but i haven't picked it up yet it also does multiple perspectives but in a way that i think really works mm-hmm. because they are actually connected to each other and things that yeah. affect one of them affects the other perspective and that sort of thing it's very like high political intrigue kind of works vibes. for that yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i loved like some of the characters i was just like oh my gosh i love this character so much which is not a thing i felt with this book so that's <laughs> that's my pick for this week how about you um okay so i have um i don't know if i've mentioned it in the recording but i've been watching i foolishly very foolishly started a new k drama two days before we started we needed to record this episode and i had read zero percent of the book uh i did start a new k drama on netflix called hometown cha-cha-cha which is very good it's just like a cute classic like city girl moves to the countryside learns to you know soften her edges falls in love with a local boy yada 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 um i also i'm still reading through memory called empire i just it's a lot it's really good so i'm taking it slow but i also started and haven't finished yet a novella by alex e harrow called a spindle splintered which is a sleeping beauty reimagining um i feel like that name sounds yes i don't know if i've read they've done um uh the thousand something january thousand doors of january or something Mm. and um oh my god the one about the girls where they're witches i'm sorry this is terrible i own (laughs) i own those books and i can't remember what the title uh i love her writing style um this is the book kind of opens like sleeping beauty is like the least feminine feminist of all of the of the princesses because all she does is sleep the whole story and men save the day or whatever um so i think this is this is a retelling where the girls have more agency it i i'm there is like hints of a sapphic relationship i don't know if that's going to be end game or if that's just kind of something that happened pre the the Mm -hmm, fairy tale mm -hmm. starting but it's like a girl who has a terminal illness um at, and loves the idea of Sleeping Beauty because she kind of connects with this, like, cursed girl has an end date sort of situation. Um, has a Sleeping Beauty-themed birthday party for her 21st. Jokingly touches a spindle and is transported to a fairy tale world. Ooh. Yes. Where her Sleeping Beauty then does not succumb to the curse because that she crossed over at the time that it would happen. So they're trying to solve why that happened and get her home yada 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 so oops sorry i keep hitting my microphone um so yeah it's really good very atmospheric very short it's just a novella i thought i would finish it um but no i kept watching hometown <laughs> cha 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 <laughs> it's really good hey you know what that's valid yeah yeah uh sometimes what you need. sometimes you just gotta watch a k-drama yeah, you just gotta i just get sucked into them so easily uh so okay this this book this the sisters Grimm, it's gonna be a little bit hard to talk about because we have basically five character POVs that we read from. 
interspersed with like present day chapters and then there is flashbacks to a decade ago um and and then we also get some second person pov in there and in also you say five character pov but also it's they do throw in character. a couple other povs That's just for true. some spice yeah yeah <laughs> and it's really all just like one character i also feel like if you can't tell i mean you know who knows maybe we'll hit a stride here but this is most likely going to be a rant heavy episode from me so you know mm. if you're into those great this one's for you gang but if you're not sorry in advance <laughs> this is a subject close to your heart you love fantasy retelling or i mean fairy tale retelling mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. so the basic conceit of this book is that there is a demon named wilhelm Grimm who mm-hmm. gives uh, has many daughters with many women and mm-hmm. thousands thousands of daughters um they are all granted magical powers because he is a demon they are able to access this parallel world mirror world i don't know fantasy realm portal fantasy situation place called everwhere where when they are young like seven to 13 years old are able to be transported to this world to practice their magic become adept at it it's basically like the four elements which I always dislike when the magic system is basically like everybody just gets one of the four main elements. I'm like, that's so boring. I can rock with that because you know I'm an avatar. I know, stand. and I'm not. Um, I'm sorry to reveal that to everybody once again. <laughs> but here's my issue with this four elements bullshit. This book starts with the worst prologue of any book I think I've ever read. The prologue was insufferable. It was like one um, page long too, which I'm like, well, why then? Why did you do this? Just it's just like a complete info dump of here's how the world works. And then at the end, it's like, ooh, maybe you might be a sister, Grim. And I'm like, you need to stop. I'm not a child. I don't know why you're doing this. It's past my deep um, birthday. I know it's not. I'm not a Grim. Sister. Right. I know it's not me. So stop. <laughs> but in addition, a big sense, se- a big section of this is every daughter is born with an element. Uh, each with their own particular powers, blah, 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 goes to the elements. And then the sisters Grimm are daughters of air. At least they begin that way. Born of dreams and prayer, imagination and faith, bright white wishing and black edged desire. Which first off, this is the first instance of that phrase, bright white wishing and black edged desire, which is used every like third page and it's (laughs) insufferable. Um, But also, why are you setting this up as like, I don't understand because it seems like in this section what they are what the world building is setting up is that anybody who everybody has an element and the air elements just are sisters grim right that that's the thing that ties them together yes but then later they're like no it's because their their daddy's a demon and that's why they're sisters grim and i'm like okay so what was the point of this why did you claim that only that they're all born as air elements when like five minutes later you're like no actually there's one of each in the sisters grim that we're following this is so poorly thought out like you're you're saying oh they're all air elements at first i'm like why would they change why would they ever change and how right this doesn't make any sense why did you set this up this way also 
they set up that like the everywhere there's like a war between angels and demons. We never get who are the angels? Who are the angels? Where are the other demons? It just seems there's like there's this because they're like the everywhere is where all of this is fought out. But no, it's just this one horny demon who has a lot of daughters. Who he then wants to have sex with. Uh, content warnings. There's a little bit of incest in this book. There's too much incest. Mm-hmm. Why? Like the, de- <laughs> there's not a big war of evil and good going on. There's just this one dude who's weirdly like making a bunch of daughters because i think the premise is like they They have to choose good or evil and then theoretically they will go out into the world and do good or evil things but if they choose good he kills them. they all die so this doesn't make any sense and if they choose evil they have to kill their sisters but i'm like what if all the sisters choose evil do they still have to kill each other it's not explained i think no because at one point he's like I think Bia is like, oh, if we all choose evil, it's cool. I think she says okay. something along those lines. All so right. I think so. if they all go evil, it's it's dope and they can all just be <laughs> evil together. I just don't understand anything about this world building, even though either. like everything is dumped. Like there's so much exposition dumped yes, about the world. But like it's never fleshed out. It's like the brain doesn't make any sense. Pro- yeah. Yes. Ugh. Because. So you go to this world and you you can access this world. If you're a sister's grim, you can access this world via your dreams until you are 13. And once you turn 13, you are no longer allowed access to everywhere. And because of that, you slowly forget about it. They also like, it's so hard. They also like, uh, they say, oh, when you're 13. And they have this discussion of like, why when you're 13? And Bia, who's the one whose mother is also Sisters Grimm, so, like, she knows the most about this, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she explains, so she gets to do all the exposition dumps. She's like, oh, once you're 13, you, like, settle and you no longer, like, believe in stuff and you think it's all, like, a childish fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not what happens. They just, like, fully get magi-wiped and can't remember anything yes. about it. So that's not true. But also, like, why would it all be exactly at the age of 13? That doesn't make sense. Is it a puberty thing? It kind of implies that it is. But then, but like, not everybody has the beginning exactly. of... Like, also, what is the beginning of puberty? Because... Like, there's different parts to puberty. It's a process. Well, as we all so, know, it's when you start wearing lipstick, and then you can no longer Oh, uh, right, right, right. And can't go to Narnia, yeah. of course. <laughs> it all comes back to Susan. Damn it. Um, <laughs> yes, and then to add on to that, these girls are then expected to return to Everwear on their 18th birthday and then fight to the death against one of Wilhelm Grimm's sons. Who are, okay, the sons. Well, they're not his biological no. sons, so at least we avoided that no. incest thing. They are stars that are then put into <laughs> so the stupid. bodies of children and over their lifetime, I guess, have to randomly find out that they are actually grim soldiers who, who, who hunt down and kill the sisters on their 18th birthdays because they, they need the life power of the sisters to sustain their lives lives so this it's, what also doesn't make sense <laughs> why is this why is this the setup like why is he trying so hard to kill these girls i guess because he wants the powerful ones but like i don't know have fewer daughters and teach them better i guess <laughs> Be a better yeah that would be my suggestion to you wilhelm graham 
I think it is supposed to be a metaphor for the patriarchy of like, mm-hmm. like that. This is the whole point of the book, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, the patriarchy, Wilhelm Grimm makes us tear each other down in order to try to get to the top so that there's only one or whatever. But the only way that we can actually succeed is by banding together and destroying the patriarchy, right? Also, like, I by get loving it. a boy. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, like, I get that that's the point, but it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. There's too much nonsense. And it's not a particularly interesting point to make at this stage. <laughs> like, like, we know, babe. And it's so, like, at the end, it's just, like, so glossed over. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we have our four sisters, this like cohort of sisters, I guess, because the sisters, they all find a group of themselves that are all born on the same day. Because I guess Wilhelm is just going from woman to woman all on the same day and making like a group of girls that are all going to be born on the same day. And those girls are drawn to each other. Except again, they're not. Because she keeps, she keeps, she keeps. Coming up with, like, this is a great idea, and then immediately being like, mm, not really. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, they're all born of air, so they all are air elements. Except, mm, Except not really. They're now, all actually different Avatar. elements. And then we have this, like, oh, they're all born on the same day. And B is like, I know that we were all born on the same day. And Goldie's like, well, actually, I was technically born... Like, between two days. I started emerging from my mother's birth canal on October 31st, but I finished on November 1st, and they just wrote down that it was October 31st. And I'm like, okay. So first off, why did they do that? That's not how birth certificates are supposed to work. But secondly, (laughs) are you telling me that this is all, like, clerical? Like, that they all come together because of whatever the fuck it says on their birth certificate? Because that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, And the thing that made me the most angry about about the whole like countdown to their birthday so they're like our birthday is on halloween Mm -hmm. the the book is told as a countdown so each like present day chapter is a day counting down from like september 28th to their 18th birthday um and october 31st comes and goes and you're like i thought that was their birthday but nothing happens until November 1st. And I was like, wait, okay. I get like, I get like, okay, they, they can't go into this world until like 3.33 AM or whatever. So why, why did you, why did you do that? Like the 3.33 AM after their birthday is that why wouldn't you do it? The one that is on their birthday, if that's the thing, if that's the whole thing, because they've been 18 for a whole day now. <laughs> so if me. we're going to have magical age related magic <laughs> and that it should it's not accurate. be on the day that they turn it's yeah i don't know uh i also hated in ugh, this is this is such a petty nitpick but i'm gonna do it i'm gonna pick this nit. <laughs> they do like you said the present day is all like counting down and then they have like the past is described as either more than a decade ago a decade ago for exactly one chapter and less than a decade ago mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. So the chapter that is a decade ago should be 10 years before in October, correct? You would think. But for some reason, it's fucking December. They're talking about Christmas. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's not a decade ago. If you're going to have this system set up, fucking do your work and make the, the timelines match. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was so annoying. I was like, I hate uh, this. So... <laughs> But she doesn't know if she likes or hates the book, you guys. Um, I, I've decided. 
So we have our four sisters that we follow. First one is Goldie, and she's the only POV in this book that is told in first person for reasons that are immediately told to us. There's not really a um, surprise. Goldie is like the most powerful sister Graham anyone has ever seen, but she doesn't realize it. And also she's pretty and she doesn't realize it um, is the thing with Goldie. Obviously, none of these girls know their father because he is... Wilhelm Grimm. A demon. Uh, her mother died when she was younger. Let's do content warnings. Um, <laughs> We neglected to do this earlier. This story does get a little bit dark. Um, We have, like, obviously I've already said death of a parent. We have self-harm. There is uh, sexual assault, child abuse. Um, <laughs> There was another one that was kind of big. Let me see. Um, We talked about the incest a little bit already. Um, Self-harm, suicidal thoughts. This book runs the gamut, so we will be touching on those subjects. I'm sorry I didn't say it earlier. Goldie, her mom has passed away when she was younger. She's left to raise her younger brother, Teddy. Um, and she currently... You get it? Because bears, like Goldilocks. Yeah, guys get it. Gold- this I is guess? Goldilocks. And she also steals things, like she does steal from the bears. She works in a hotel. She she is a um, housekeeper at a hotel, and she steals things from the rich people who board there and um she meets this boy named leo who is a soldier he star boy star boy he knows yeah because his name is a constellation he knows oh i literally didn't get that (laughs) until right now he's a lion oh so ferocious he comes from the stars shouldn't he should have been a fucking bear or something right because that no i guess goylux doesn't fuck no she just i don't know (laughs) um I'm trying to think. He knows from the get-go that um, Goldie is the sister's grim. And in fact, he seduces her at the plan of making it easier to kill her on her 18th birthday. But in the act of seducing her, they fall in love for real, real. Um, the bad thing about that is that Leo actually was the one that killed Goldie's mother. And the guilt just eats at him. Ugh. So much so that they have lots of sex and he doesn't tell her until the very last minute because he doesn't want to lose her. I could not fucking stand this relationship. I hated it. Like, it was the worst. It, it had everything I hate. Insta-love. Terrible. Mm-hmm. It, uh, man just lying to his partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Constantly. Guy who has killed a bunch of women and it's but like, not but he woman. used to love him. And like the method that he always uses to kill these women is seduction or a lot of the time is seduction and but goldie's different because she's the most powerful one um her 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 power is earth but also the most power i didn't understand what that was also i think she did some fire stuff at one point and i was really confused yeah. but uh, there's too much there's to get to in this book yeah. so we can't delve um, and actually, there's not that much at all. Um, then we, I mean, there's a lot of things I still have to say. Then we have Liana, who is, um, she and her mother moved to the UK from Ghana um, with the help of Liana's aunt, who is a, like, she is basically has made a, I don't want to say a career, but basically her lifestyle has been marry a rich older man, and when they die, inherit their money rinse repeat five times um liana is in a relationship with another girl named kumiko um 
And she is, she loves to swim because her element is water. She was actually Olympic bound, but then she got hurt. So she can't do that. So now she's going to go to art school. But then her aunt is like, uh, oh, of course, Liana's mom dies. Um, and then her aunt is like, hey, I'm out of money because I gambled it all away. Um, can you just like marry a rich guy? Because I'm too old to do this anymore. And so now you have to do it. And she's like, okay. And then is like, why is my girlfriend mad I'm doing this? <laughs> why is my girlfriend upset? This is so weird. She literally, she told, Liana told her aunt, she's like, you have to find me a man that is either gay but still needs an heir and wants to marry me for that reason or one who's into an open relationship because I can't dump my girlfriend. And the girlfriend's like, I don't want you doing this. And Liana's like, I'm going to do it. Wait, why are you breaking up with me? Um, <laughs> she's like, okay. She meets this guy and he seems really nice and perfect and kind of fits the bill for exactly what they need. But then it's kind of pointed out to Liana, like, hey, this is not a good way to go about getting, like, fulfilling your dreams. So you should just get a job at a grocery store and work nights and work your way through school, yada, yada, yada. And what is a fun thing about this weird relationship dynamic is that um, Liana, who has been presented as only interested in Kumiko and Mm -hmm. like loves Kumiko and she says that she's probably a lesbian, but really she just loves Kumiko. So like she doesn't really need to label it. Um, But clearly only attracted to women as far as we can tell for some reason is like way, way more descriptive about this hot, hot man than she is at all about her girlfriend who she's in love with. Like, did did you pick up on that? Like, yeah, I don't know what Kumiko looks like. And like her name sounds Japanese, but I couldn't tell you what her ethnicity is. The vibes towards Kumiko were basically like, oh, yeah, she's there. Yeah, she's there and she's mad about everything all the time to me. Yes. And the vibes towards this guy were like, he's so mysterious. So and I hot. wonder what's going on with him and so attractive. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like, what are we supposed to take from this? I don't understand. <laughs> I Yeah, I was a little bit like, I mean, you always have to be like, not wary, but like, you know, kind of wary about when, when representation in books is written by a white author. Uh huh. And this whole the whole plot line of her aunt just like kind of being this this character who only is obsessed with like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, material things wants to force her niece into a arranged marriage. It's just kind of like I felt like this author kind of on your point of her being a white author writing people of color. Like to her credit, I think that she was. Like, it's good that she yeah. didn't make them all white, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, they did do but, the, the thing where all of the words in other languages were in italics, which I was like, eh. Eh. Mm-hmm. And also did not sound natural to how the characters were speaking, yeah. but that's fine. Um, but she also, like, I felt like she got the external of being uh, in another culture, yeah. but didn't get the internal, right? And yeah. what I mean by that is, like, when she's describing Liana's, like, interactions with white people and how white people are racist to her I feel like she got that Mm -hmm. more or less like she was like yes this is how it would work but I don't feel like she really nothing about like Liana and her life and lifestyle and whatever made it seem like she had like any culture right and especially the thing that really kind of irked me was that Liana is a character who learned a very specific spiritual practice from her mother, which is tarot reading, mm-hmm. which 
I could be wrong, but as far as I know, that is a practice that is very European. Mm -hmm. And it's weird that like (laughs) this woman from Ghana is like, here, I will share this spiritual practice with you. It's Tarot. And I felt like this is kind of getting into a larger point, which I'm sorry, I'm going to sidetrack here for a minute. If we are to understand that these four girls are based are are loosely inspired by a fairy tale, mm-hmm. right? It's like why these four fairy tales, okay? Yeah. Why don't we have a fairy tale from Ghana? Yeah. Yes, these are all European fairy tales, I think. I mean, I it's think, still yeah, not I don't really know clear what Liana's is. Maybe this is a fairy tale that I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it's supposed to be Little Mermaid, but I'm not sure because it's like her giving stuff up and whatever. Anyway, like I feel like Kumiko is supposed to be her voice, essentially. Like she's supposed to be giving up her voice in order to get the man and then realizes that's not the right thing, which isn't how – anyway. And then has to – like she dies at the – like Little Mermaid dies at the end. She has to get a job. It's the same thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But but we've got – if we're reading this correctly, Little Mermaid – Goldilocks and the Three Bears, yes. Little Red, Red Riding, Riding Hood, and Beauty, and Beauty and the Beast. Beast. Yeah, It doesn't make sense that they're all European. You could say, okay, well, they're Grimm's fairy tales. But they aren't? Like Only Hans one of Christian them is? Is, is? Hans Christian Andersen wrote Little Mermaid. Uh-huh. Suzanne Barbeau, I think. I, I'm so sorry. I forget the full name of the author. But wrote Beauty and the Beast, the original Beauty and the Beast like uh, that we kind of refer back to. And Goldilocks and Three Bears was a English folktale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grimm is of course German he did or they are of course German they did write um, Red Riding Hood and that isn't to say that any of those people came up with these fairy tales because of course they're all folklore and they yeah. have you know further back history and whatever mm-hmm. but these are the there is no Beauty and the Beast that that story is not in any of the Grimm's fairy tale books like they never wrote that one down yeah. they never wrote Goldilocks and the Three Bears down they did not write Little Mermaid down so like that's not it. So you just picked four fairy tales. You randomly picked four European fairy tales. And like I feel like that's very much the thing of like mm-hmm. it's it's has nods towards like multiculturalism, I guess, but yeah. it isn't. It's yeah. the European white canon of oral traditions. Mm-hmm. And you're pretending that it's Grimm's, but it's not because they didn't write these. So why I was going to see if there's anything with, like, the blackbird. I mean, there are fairy tales yeah, with blackbirds in them. There's a Zambian fairy tale about beautiful blackbird, but... But the blackbird wasn't Liana. The blackbird was Bia, who is beauty Oh, that's from true. Beauty yeah, Beast. she just drew the blackbird. She just wanted to be yeah. like Bia. That's right, that's right, that's right. She very specifically, that's, like, the conclusion she comes to. She was never the blackbird. Yeah. She wants to be the blackbird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I will say I did kind of like we do get a, a few glimpses of like Liana's mother kind of pressuring her to give up a lot of like their their traditions from home in order to like fit mm-hmm. in better in the culture. In I think they settled down in Cambridge, uh, or Cambridge. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, but you wouldn't <laughs> if you were trying to fit into mainstream English culture. You wouldn't then learn to row. Yeah, so. you wouldn't then be like, oh. Here is a thing that I must pass down to you, my daughter. Like it's weird. It's not from her culture, but it's not from the culture she's trying to assimilate into either. Yeah, so. I yeah. It was just it was it, yeah. It just felt like an incomplete surface level sort of. And I mean that's kind of the problem with this whole book. And it's like all the girls are such surface level that like 
I guess, I don't know. I don't know. You don't really get into any of their, none of them are personalities. So I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so that's Liana's whole thing. Scarlet, Red Riding Hood. She can do fire. She she owns a bakery with her grandmother. Legit just runs this bakery. Please keep in mind, all these girls are 17 years old. 17. 17. She runs the bakery, and her grandmother, her her mother, has died tragically in a fire. Spoilers. No, she didn't. She just left. Uh, her grandmother told her, her mother died tragically in a fire. She's raised by her grandmother. Everything has been going well, but now her grandmother is starting to show signs of Alzheimer's. Um they own a local bakery, but a Starbucks is going in down the street. This representative from the Starbucks is like, let me buy your bakery. To put in another put Starbucks? In another Starbucks, which like, okay, I get. There are a lot of Starbucks's. Star- Starbucks's. starbucks <laughs> But also, like, this is just like, why wouldn't Starbucks come first and just be like, hey, can we buy this already set up building right. instead of buying another building? But whatever. Also... Like, they just put the Starbucks in, like, they haven't even seen what their business is like, what yeah, business demands are. Worry and about competi- like, this seems primarily a bakery, whereas Starbucks is primarily about coffee and frappuccinos and red cups during the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, she kind of, Scarlet kind of has, like, a little bit of a fling with the representative from Starbucks. Okay. Whose last name is Whose Wolf. Whose last name is Wolf. Get it. Little Red Riding Hood and the Wolf. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scarlet has two relationships with men. Yep. That. Who are adults. Fully adults. She's 17. Will is the handyman that comes and like fixes up the bakery and gives them really steep discounts on his labor prices, whatever. 28 years old. Asks out Scarlet. And then this Eli Wolf guy comes in and he is he is someone that Starbucks has entrusted to go out and sign contracts with local businesses in order for Starbucks to buy that business. He's not also 17, I will hazard a guess. Like we don't get his age, but like he's not a teenager. And I mean, I know this is taking place in England and the consent age is different there. I don't know how different and I don't care because on this podcast our point of view has consistently been don't have sex with a teenager yeah. unless you are yourself a teenager yeah. so i don't care like don't get at me with like well it's technically legal i don't care it's fucking creepy yeah. that the 17 year old is hooking up with a 28 year old and a 20 something hopefully not 30s but it's she's not the only one yeah. because uh liana her potential love interest has to, i mean we don't know how old kumiko is but her potential husband is like a full businessman who has graduated. He man. says, by the time you're my age, you might have several PhDs. So he's older than her enough to have gotten several PhDs. Mm-hmm. So there's that. B is having sex with a college professor. Leo is the only one who is somewhat age appropriate because he is, his physical body is a year older than mm-hmm. her, but he's also an immortal star boy. So like, how does that <laughs> factor in? Don't know. Oh, uh, we also did forget to mention that. Well, I, Goldie's stepdad was not uh, fatherly, let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. He did inappropriate things with his stepdaughter. So, like, there's just all, like, every relationship on the page is just bad. 
and she killed him and for she killed it. Him. And I'm like, great. Now kill all these other kill men. Kill all men. No? Well, some of them. <laughs> kill most men. Um, <laughs> great. So I think that's Scarlet's whole thing for the beginning parts, whatever. She's just sad about her grandma, sad about the bakery because they can't keep it afloat. Really, I don't even know, like, she doesn't does she go to school like there's never she just works all the time and i don't no, know what i th- the- think she mentions that i think they've all gone graduated okay again british schools are different okay. but I, I think she mentions she's done her gcse's at this point okay. so i believe that means that she is like <laughs> seen as an adult person who could hold yes. a job like full-time yes. job okay yes then we get to bia who her her mother has been trying to teach Bia her whole life about Everwear and her abilities and what is going to happen to her on her 18th birthday. But as we know, when Bia turned 13, she was kicked out of Everwear and completely forgot about it in the coming years. Her mother, who continued to talk about Everwear as if it was a very real thing, which to her it was, was misdiagnosed as schizophrenic and placed in a mental facility and mental health facility. And, um, she Bia kind of went like through the foster care system does not have a good relationship with her mother who's kind of raised her to be cruel and and tries to stamp out the compassion in her because she she went evil and therefore wants Bia to go evil um and there's also a thing about like when they're discussing the history of everywhere and this big info dump about the angels and demons that doesn't ever come into play mm-hmm. um there's a thing about like oh, uh, if you choose good, you're just good. Like, you're good forever. And if you choose bad, you're just bad forever. And you no longer... Well, I mean, we know that. But, like, you don't have the capacity to, like... To feel sad or... feel Be the opposite thing anymore. Whereas most humans do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, her mom is just, like, a caricature of a... (laughs) Because, like, that's what the the thing is set up as. It's like she's just straight evil with no redeeming qualities. It's like, okay... Okay, like this is which again is mm. questionable because Bia is from Colombian Spanish descent, so it's like mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> yeah. It's it is interesting who we are giving the like the uh, all powerful one is Goldie, who has blonde blue eyes. Scarlet mm-hmm. has a more like still still like some darkness in her story, but overall, like she's she's with her grandma and runs a bakery, a little bit wholesome. Has a family who loves her very much and does all the things that they do to try to help her debatably in her mom. Because as you said, her mom's not really dead. Her mom ran off, but it was to protect Scarlet or some bullshit. Um, And then, yeah, we've got the two non-white characters who one of whom's mother figure that is left is a scheming money grubbing woman who wants to get her hands on anyone's money without really working for mm-hmm. it and the and other frame is it as like i'm doing this for you so now you have to yes. pay me back and do it as well so it's like mm. and then the other and also has a gambling yeah. problem yeah. She, yeah um and the other is uh a straight up evil I, like just yeah. fully evil I, does not seem to care much about her daughter or her daughter's feelings. I don't know. We confirmed has is has chosen the evil side. So mm-hmm. whatever that means in the grand scheme of things. Because again, like as an adult sisters groom, we never see Bia's mother like what is doing, she doing? Fighting the battle against demons and angels. <laughs> like there's not any like, sorry, Bia, I have to run down to the market, but then she's secretly like 
killing angels in an alleyway. Yeah, I think she says something about killing men at one point, which kind of implies that she's sort of like doing the maybe femme fatale sort of thing of just going around and killing people and sowing disharmony or something. I don't know, but... Because I think that's what their job is. When, like, theoretically, I believe, if they weren't just going to die, uh-huh. the good girls are supposed to go out and make the world good. Like, because this is the, the – they I just keep going back to the stupid angels and demons things. But they're like – the angels and demons had, like, a were, like, fighting to see who was better. And then they, that didn't work, so they started – because they just ended up in a stalemate. So they started playing chess, and that didn't work because they kept ending up in a stalemate. And then they started doing this, where they have, like – these specific girls who either choose good or choose evil and then go out into the world and do those good and evil mm-hmm. things. So, like, you just are a force for good in the world or a force for evil. But that doesn't make sense with the fact that it's just one horny demon fucking around. Yeah, like, I don't... It doesn't seem like there's an oversight committee in this, He like, could solve his war by just stopping, like, becoming celibate. Like, right. No more I don't fighting. understand. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Bia, her... She's the heir lady she can do air magic and fly um which in her post everywhere life kind of gets translated as her her need to always like be in the air and flying and and doing i guess risky things so she she has an affair with a college professor because he can get her access to like gliders that she can fly around on and um she meets up with this boy i can't I, his name is like Volley, I think, or something. Volley yeah. is his nickname. Yeah. Um, and he is kind. Of, he's just like this sweet, like overweight guy who is like, I am intrigued by you, and I want to get to know you. And it's a, a little bit of a stalker vibe, <laughs> a little bit that, like, yep. Mm. Uh, but basically, she like hates him because she, I don't, she just immediately is like, fuck off and die. Uh, but then within the space of a week, because. Again, the time frame for this whole book is 28 days, essentially, or 31 days, or however many days there are in October. Uh, 31. Um, in <laughs> <laughs> um, like a week, there she buys them a hotel room, and it ha- is his first sexual experience, because she finds out he's a virgin and like thinks that's very sad for whatever reason, has sex with him, and in the in the middle of having sex with him, does some strange magic process that she doesn't really understand, and as... As they're having sex, she, like, stops his heart and he dies. And she doesn't realize it until the morning after. Um, and and also she's in love with him at this also, point. Also, which... she has fallen in love with him. Just love love right, when girl. dudes are super persistent. All the time. Uh, <laughs> she falls in love with him, but she's also like, God, he's so he's fat. He's so and fat and, and I'm like, that's his whole thing, his whole character trait. Is he just fat? And I'm, okay. Okay. <sighs> Like, she literally is like, you have to stop making that face. You look like a chubby hamster. (laughs) Okay. Why is he drawn to her? (laughs) Because she's beautiful. She's she's so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Bia carries the guilt of Ollie's death around for the rest of the book. Um, Then kind of, I guess, resorts to self-harm to feel or stop feeling. Um, And, and... Basically, that's that's her whole character arc. <laughs> cool. Great. Within the course of the story, Liana, who has been having these dreams um, and, and through her use of the tarot cards, knows like you ne- she needs to find her sisters. It's confused because she doesn't have any sisters. Um, 
but somehow finds her way to Goldie. They're the only two that ever find, like interact outside of Everywhere, right. which I thought was like, isn't that the point of this book? Is they're supposed so to find each other outside of Everywhere? Strange. Yeah. Um, and they kind of they you know they they are immediately drawn to each other because they they knew each other in Everywhere, but they don't they're still not aware of all of that. Outside of Everywhere, Leo has at this point told Goldie like, "Hey, um, I'm I'm a star." I'm a soldier. I have to kill in order to stay alive. You're a sister's grim. Uh, you have magic powers. You just don't know it yet. Let me take you to everywhere to teach you how to use these powers so you don't die on your 18th birthday. Also, I killed your mom. And <laughs> Goldie's like, I hate you, but I still love you. I can't help but love you. You're my true love that I've met at 17, the murderer of my mother. I love you. I can't help it. Great. I love this. This is so good. So their 18th birthday rolls around. They all make their way to Everywhere. Um, Scarlett's mom comes back. She's like, hey, I'm your mom. I'm not dead. We don't have time to unpack this, but come with me. We got to go to Everywhere. I got to teach you about how to use your fire powers in like 30 minutes because that's how much time you've got. (laughs) Uh, Same with Leo. Does the same thing with Goldie. Liana just kind of finds her way there. Bia knows how to get there at this point. Um... They all they all do battle with their soldier. So Goldie's soldier is Leo, but he's like, I'm just stepping away from this. And he walks away <laughs> and another soldier finds her and she ends up killing him with vines. Liana's soldier is the guy that she was supposed to marry and he tries to drown her, which I'm like, why would you if you knew someone had water powers, why would you water try power, to drown right? them in yeah. water? Seems like mm-hmm. not the best idea yeah. but she boils him but... alive in the water which is really cool cool that was that dope. Was really awesome um scarlet soldier ends up being will the nice handyman that confessed his love to her and she just reduces him to ash and then bia's um soldier is the college professor she was having an affair with who like i guess he like gets her with poison in a syringe or something and she like is like oh finally i'm i'm my end is here i'm dying thank you and then her dad steps in and is like, no daughter of mine's going to die like this and k- ends up killing her soldier, which is like, okay, so this is like, what was the point? The what was the point of, of any of this? Okay. Uh, and he kind of like brings her back from the brink or whatever. And he's like, great. Now go tell your sisters, go find your sisters. Cause you're all about to go find each other. Go find them. Tell them they need to be evil. Hooray. Happy. Uh, so she does that. She's like, hey, sisters, it's cool. We're all back here and everywhere. Well, let's all go evil because if you become, if you stay good, you'll die. And of course, the others are like, I don't know, man. <laughs> that seems like a this big commitment. Sus. Yeah. And she's like, well, you'll never feel pain again. And the others, and then Goldie's like, yes, but what about love? And Bia's like, uh, yeah, totes, totes. You can still love. <laughs> uh and then wilhelm shows up and he's like hey so what'd y'all choose uh and they are like we're gonna be good except bia who's like come on guys then we talked about this like let's be evil um (laughs) you're embarrassing me in front of my hot dad dad, i'm kind of in love with a little bit i think i don't know i've got confused feelings um they they end up in a fight because like basically the grim is like all right be a kill your sisters then to prove you're dark and she goes after goldie 
And it gets to the point where Goldie, who can manipulate Earth, is like holding a rock above Bia's head and is about to smash it onto her face. And she's like, no, I'm not going to kill my sister because that means that I'll have turned evil. And then Wilhelm is like, fine. And he takes the rock and kills Bia by smashing her face in, which I was like, wow, that's fucked up. Cool. Okay. What a great. Arguably the most interesting character in this book. Like, Okay. (laughs) Um, at least, if not the most interesting, at least the most um, distinct yes, from the other ones. Yes. <sighs> so then... The closest to a personality. Yes. <laughs> also, Wilhelm gets Leo and kills Leo in front of Goldie. So now she's, like, super pissed off. He, her dad killed her boyfriend and her sister, and she somehow puts together that, like, the all of the women the sisters and mothers who have died before and everywhere are actually still here with them in the earth and in the falling leaves and in the air and their spirits are here so she's like everybody rise up and we'll kill our dad and and then they're like that like that that's how it ends basically it's like they're like rise rise and you can presume they defeated Graham. there's like some like i think they say they do they do okay i at this point i was like yeah it was and then there's like four little epilogues where we get like cute little illustrations of each of the girls by abigail larson whose artwork i really Mm -hmm. like so i was like oh this was fun yeah it's really nice um we get a little bit of like what happened to each of them like goldie goldie still goes to everywhere hoping she'll find leo and try to communicate with him but he's dead uh bia she gets to like fly around everywhere as a spirit um being still sad about valley bali but she gets to fly but so she that's gets cool. to fly that's all she ever wanted uh and then that's it <laughs> there's and they, i guess they like ded- they dedicate themselves to training future sisters and helping them remember after their 13th birthday um that everywhere exists even though they're even though dad is dead they're somehow still getting kicked out of everywhere at the age of 13 so they're like okay we're gonna give you a tattoo and you can write a letter to yourself so you don't forget this place but also there are no more sisters being born so this is like kind of it for us and which seems like a weird thing if this was all angels and demons trying to fight an eternal war that again it was just predicated on this one horny demon seems like the war is over no one can no one else can no other demons go around and fuck some women like i don't get it yeah that that's this book um i i can't help but feel like a little i just very disappointed because i feel like there is a lot of potential here for something cool Mm -hmm. the writing is beautiful in parts like there are some scenes i was like wow that is like that's a really like like devastating thing to have happened and is written beautifully but then like just that balanced out with everything else i was just like i can't i can't hate or un or i cannot hate or like this book i am completely neutral about it it exists (laughs) and that's all i that's all i got it exists i think i hate it it annoyed me Mm. too much there were parts that i feel like i was very negative like i always am Mm. There were parts that I was like, oh, that's a cool idea or whatever, but it just none of it, none of it worked. It was all too, uh, like I said, high concept without mm-hmm. like proof of it actually functioning, you yeah. know? Yeah, and it, it really like, for a character-driven book, the amount of time we get to sit with each character is so brief 
that like you're tossed out of her story almost immediately. It's it's literally mm-hmm. like maybe a half page at a time and sometimes longer, but usually not. Um, and that's, you know, flipping between present day and their and their various pasts and it's just it was a lot, so Yep. It was too much It was both too much too, and not enough. Yeah, too many ingredients, but none of the ingredients prepared correctly. Yes. If yes, this is <laughs> this is like an episode of Chopped where just nothing went well for the chef. The ice yes. cream machine broke, as it always does. Never make an ice cream in the dessert round of Chopped. Uh. <laughs> you know what else was the other thing I kept thinking of when I was reading this? What? Um, the first episode of the TV show Charmed. I was like, this is oh, that. Is that. that I, this is Maybe I need to go back and watch that. I don't. It's just, it's the first episode of a, like, supernatural series mm. right where eventually we're going to get to monster of the week sort of stuff but we need to set everything up gotcha. right it's the pilot yeah. and i'm like i don't want to read a pilot i want to read the <laughs> I series wanna, i want to be in it already yeah um i will say there is a second book in this series that i think is is more focused around the demons i don't know if mm. it is a direct sequel or a prequel or what's going on with it it's called the night of demons and saints so maybe that would answer some of our questions about um from what i saw that was about goldie trying to resurrect someone so Mm. i don't know if it's leo or uh bia but i like yeah let me see driven by grief she devises a diabolical plan using a human sacrifice to resurrect what she has lost so maybe it's both i don't know Mm. um but they're older in that one. They're 21. So, like, that's better, I go. guess. I just don't understand why she made them. Like, why were they you so can slap young? any number on this. They could have been 21 mm-hmm. and that would have been like, and eh, truly it's still weird. That but... way. And, you know, I know, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I have not had to deal with the exact same things that these girls have had to deal with in their lives. And I know that, like, going through hardships really does mature people. But, like, why do we have to constantly have the girls paired with men so much older than them? Mm-hmm. And put into so many I don't know I don't know it's just maybe and maybe again maybe this is part of like the feminist commentary that is either going over my head or is not apparent enough for me to pick up on Uh. well and on the the note of feminist commentary it really I felt like it didn't again it just didn't it had the ideas and it didn't get there right Mm -hmm. because it was like at the end they're like, oh, you have to choose to be good or evil, and good is, like, playing by the rules and fitting in and whatever, and evil is, like, not being beholden to men and not having to rely on them and this and that and the other thing. And it made it seem like the feminist choice was being evil. Yeah. But then then they were like, no, the feminist choice that is being like good. Which the I- hashtag girl boss route was yes. evil. But then the good... Maybe it was like women aren't allowed to to just be good or or I don't know. Women aren't allowed to choose what they want to choose. They're forced to fit this mold that the men want them to, which but then it's just it's not it's not hitting all the way, right? Like there's so right. we have so it many felt questions. like it was kind of vaguely gesturing at feminis- at feminism and being like, You, you know. get it. <laughs> And it's like, well, yeah, I do because, like, I live in 2022. Yeah, I also am a woman. And, you know, have read 
feminist theory and stuff. So like I do get it, but I don't know that this is doing the work to back up the point you think you're making. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I, know. I I mean this book does really seem to jive with some people. Like I think the the Goodreads reviews seem to be like either you love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. Um apparently i'm the pick me i'm just like i'm just medium about it uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's yeah i i'm not saying it's a i'm not saying it's a bad book i think it has probably been mismarketed um yes described poorly as to what it actually is uh and that has let a lot of readers down but give it a try like if you feel if any of this at all sounds mm-hmm. interesting to you please don't please don't not pick it up because of what we've said but you know yeah i also do feel like again to some extent we do set ourselves up for failure in certain books on this podcast just because like i don't think this is necessarily a good book to read for a podcast Mm. because it is so plot light that i almost had to start nitpicking it on other Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. whereas i feel like if i had just been reading it for fun i might not have been so annoyed by the stuff that i was annoyed by you know i feel like if i was just reading it for fun i would not have finished it so. I do feel that way too, but <laughs> but who knows? Who can say? Who knows? I also, like you said, I think that the marketing, like if I'm going into this, why I fantasy says something very specific. Yes, and retelling, which this is also. Yes. I don't know if this is the fault of the marketing, but I mean, you know, yeah, it this is book came out in 2020, so it's like hitting that crest of like fairy tale retellings are right. real hot right now. So I feel like if you are going to market it that way, I I'm almost because that is something that I enjoy about retellings that are a little bit more veiled where like you Mm -hmm. do have to pick out the details in order to be like ah I see how this is mirroring that so I was trying to do that the whole book but it wasn't actually there so then I just became like really too dialed in on stuff that I shouldn't have been in order to just vibe with this book I think yeah yeah so so maybe this is more of a marketing failure than a, that, a yeah. That's kind of failure. what I'm thinking. Like you said, we we went in with some expectations. They weren't. They didn't deliver. But through through no fault of the author, perhaps this is not this is not mm, a book that hit fault. the correct audience because yeah. of the way it was described by the publishers. So, hmm. cool. cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Next week uh, we will be back with. Uh, the second book in the His Dark Material series, uh, The Subtle Knife. And then the week after that, we're going to be, I believe, wrapping up our movie <gasps> novelization Yes, unit. what have you yes. found for me? Okay, so I have been looking over movie novelizations uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and definitely not just scrolling on my phone while we recorded. Um, <laughs> no, I was looking at stuff earlier, but I had to like cement my uh-huh. pick. And you were like, we should read The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> no um i have sworn that's why i want this to happen so badly (laughs) i want to surprise you with it oh my god um okay so here's my Uh thought um i wanted to read something recent we talked about that Mm -hmm. right like we wanted to do something in the last few years to see kind of how it's gone i want to do one that we've both seen which i'm almost 100 percent positive you've seen this movie Mm -hmm. because i think we've talked Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. it um and the other thing I was interested in after kind of starting to look was because we've talked about how movie novelizations are like they have this weird existence where you then have this like three way of the same thing of like the screenplay, the movie and the movie novelization. Right. 
Um, I wanted to find one that was based on something else. So okay. like a screenplay based on XYZ thing that then gets turned into both a movie and a movie novelization. Okay, okay, right? Yeah. This is this is all intriguing. Lots of puzzle pieces. What I have landed on, I think, is the... I hope this is a movie I liked. I think you liked this movie. I like most movies I watch because I'm very picky about any movie I've seen for the most part. The um, oh, the Eternal. Uh, close because it is a comic book <gasps> cool. movie. Cool. Uh, so Wonder Woman, the official movie novelization by Nancy Holder. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I liked the first Wonder Woman movie. Didn't like mm-hmm. 1984, but didn't bother watching no, it. It was not good. Uh, but the <laughs> the first one was all right. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. So it should be interesting to see this book which is based on a screenplay that has also been turned into a movie that is based on a comic book yeah there's lots of layers here this is really cool yeah so that'll be two weeks from now come by to check that out exciting uh in the meantime if you would like to send us a suggestion for a book or a unit we should cover on the podcast you can email us at shelf aware cast or tweet it no hold on you can tweet at us at shelf aware cast or email us shelfawarecast at gmail.com. Who knows? We may do another grab bag unit sometime. So don't don't be afraid. Just send us a single book rec- recommendation. That's totally fine. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Um... If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Men of On Prague, it's a voucher, Bia says, for a night at the hotel clamor. Yes, I see that, but why? Because I'm not having sex with you in college, Bia says. God knows it's embarrassing enough without having it witnessed by the entire school student body. Where are you planning to have sex on campus, girl? (laughs) (laughs) So next week, I believe we are going to be reading the Golden Compass. Nope. I keep calling it that. That's (laughs) on the new series. The His Dark Materials, book two, Amber Spyglass. Uh Nope. Subtle Knife. (laughs) Nope. Which one's second? Start over. <laughs> Subtle knife? Subtle knife a second, yes. right? Okay. Next week. Wait, now I'm checking because I'm paranoid. Yeah, Amber Spyglass is the third. Yeah, this is the third one. Okay. So the second one is. Ne- <laughs> There's the outtake. <laughs> Next week. <laughs>